I'd stay up till two or three in the morning getting my work done. And I'd have to get up a couple hours later to go to my actual job. I remember I I used to take the train a lot. I'd sleep on the train and I would sleep during my lunch, but it was a wild time. But, (laughs) But like I said, the reward was really worth it because I was able at the end of the day to be able to do this. Welcome to the Keep Going Podcast, a podcast from Mazuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Derek, the founder at Mix at Six Studios, a full-service podcast creation service, and our mixer for the Keep Going Podcast. Welcome, Derek. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, we're excited to have you on. So you're like us, grew up in the 80s and 90s. I'm sure you loved music as a teenager. Tell us a little bit about how that love of music began. It's ingrained in me. My parents listened to Journey and all that kind of stuff, right? And Boston. And there's been plenty of artists that I've fallen in love with, but I've fallen in love with their music more than their lyrics. My family's always like, why don't you know the lyrics? You've heard the song a hundred times. I'm like, I don't care about the lyrics. I care about the music. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of just went with that route, I guess. I scratched a lot of records back in the day. And so I was a DJ and I really like the workings of how it's done and how it sounds. How do you get this sound? How do you get that sound? Wow, Derek. So going back into those early stages of this passion of yours, when did that passion and that love for music actually turn into something you thought you could turn into a career? So when I was younger, I obviously really liked the aspects of making music and stuff. And I had to get more instruments. I'm like, how do I fuel my what's called gear acquisition syndrome, which is in term gas. Um, I live in Utah and so there's a lot of snow here. And so I used to shovel snow for all the neighbors, for my parents. I'm like, how can I make money? Can I do this for you for $10, $20, whatever. And as I kept just shoveling and mowing lawns and stuff, I slowly acquired some money and I'm like, yes, I can finally buy the gear. And so when I was about I want to say 14 or 15, I found this awesome software that really gave me everything I needed to to try and make something. And I was able to make my first album. I'm sure it's lost in the void. Then my friends at school came up to me and was like, hey, can you make this song for me? I'd really love to hear like the Super Mario song remix. And I'm like, done. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I did, you know, and I would start people pleasing a lot and really start to make this something that was worthy of. I guess, need and want of people. And I started being like, well, maybe there's something to this. Very cool. Do we need to pause right here so that we can insert the Super Mario remix? We probably should. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if I have it anymore. I got to look for it. Just have that like underneath the bed. Just right, be like, yeah. <laughs> we might get some copyright issues, but it'll be fine. Nintendo should be happy with it. They'll be okay. Yeah. They'll be all right. So Derek, this is incredible. So you're hustling through high school and doing side gigs and trying to gas as much as you can. And there you go. There you go. Yes. Yeah, I'm learning the lingo. So, I love it. So, so from there, did you graduate from high school and just jump right into this kind of mixing full time? And I'm not going to try to pin you to a certain age, but I don't think podcasts were really around when you uh, graduated from high school. Right. So you're correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. So I, I feel comfortable yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were back in the days of where cell phones were just brinking the age of, of something. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> very, very no, much. It, it's when it comes to that. Yeah. I, I graduated high school and during that time I was getting really big into DJing actually. So I was DJing at 
friends' parties, at weddings, and I started making money doing that. And so that really helped get my gear acquisition syndrome satiated. As I kept going through those kind of preliminary hoops of trying to figure out how business worked, I'm a religious man. And so I actually served a church mission for two years. And so I kind of put all that to the side. And during that time, I started to be like, you know what, let's rethink kind of what I'm wanting to do in life. And at that time, I was like, I don't know if I could do this for a living. I just don't know if I could. And so I had a huge passion for learning languages, specifically Arabic, which is kind of a a random, I know, thing. But I've I've always loved the Middle East. So I learned Arabic for a while. Did you go on a mission Uh, to the Middle East or... I didn't. Funny enough, I went to Florida, which is, you know, I don't know if that's considered the Middle East, but it was my Middle East, I guess. Right. And so it was great. And it taught me a lot about salesmanship, which was actually really huge. But when I came home, I started to really get into Arabic, went to international relations, just to kind of hone my skills on how to be a better person in society, but how to communicate, how to be, I don't know, a business person, I guess. Combining that with the Arabic, I thought I was going to be in Dubai and making sweet deals and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> My passion just came back in full force. I was like, I'm not meant to do this, actually. Don't get me wrong. I still love the Arabic language. I still love the culture. But I knew that it wasn't what I really wanted to do. Luckily, at the time I was married, my wife was insanely supportive. One was like, well, let's follow your passion. So I ended up figuring out a really great place to go to school for audio engineering and recording and stuff to kind of hone my want to record and make music properly. Because there's one thing that was missing in my music making is that was the professionalism that I really wanted, right? Oh, cool. And so I went to school. I'm going to give you a mouthful if you're ready for it. We're ready. It's called the the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences. (laughs) I see. Where is that? So that is in, it's in Tempe, Arizona. It was hot. Holy cow. That has nothing to do with my music, but it was just really hot. I just want to just emphasize those people that live down there have a, some mercury skin. It's insane. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, it was, it was a really great experience. I learned how to do mixing, you know, recording, mastering, and I was able to kind of hone my skills of making music. And that was a really, really awesome experience for me. So yeah, when I came back home, I found a job actually at, the church I served a mission for, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I worked with them for a while doing their podcasts and doing different audio things that kind of honed my skills even greater. And it was a great experience. But that's also where I met a lot of directors and producers of films and TV series and stuff like that. And that's where I really started to be like, okay, now I'm actually starting to get this taste for my dreams, right? I can actually make something tangible out of this monster. So how did you transition from being a large organization like that to then jumping out and going on your own? Great question. Because when you're a W-2 employee here in the United States, we have W-2s. But uh, pretty much when you're a hired employee, your restrictions are a little limited sometimes. And there's also non-competes. There's also non-disclosures. There's a lot of things you have to deal with. But I was able to still do some side gigs that were outside of my current organization. And so I was like, okay, let's do these side gigs. And I would get like no sleep, but it'd be worth it. Cause it's like, I get to do something that's more <laughs> creative and fun. And so during that time, I actually worked with a woman. She actually worked for a company that I still am contracted with. It was actually my first big contract. 
And I did a one-off job for them and it went really successful. It was great. I gave her my business card and said, Hey, let me know if you need anything else. Still growing my business, but here you go. Thought nothing of it. Four years later, she held on to my business card and she's like, Hey, I have need for your services. She's like, you're the only business card I've ever hung on to for this long, but I've always felt oh, like wow. I needed to hold on to it. Right now, I look at it, I'm like, that was a really crappy business card. But, <laughs> but she hung on to it, which was the really cool part. And so she called me and said, we really need help with podcasts. Do you do that? And I said, absolutely, I do that. Anything you want, I do that. Right. Whatever you need, I do that. She says it's going to be a really, really nice contract and, and it could be really big. And I was like, well, let's get started. We met the next day. And from that point forward, it was just great because I was able to use that podcast, build money, build a bigger platform, start getting referrals, start creating new clients, those kind of things. And eventually, I was able to make a jumping point where I could say, okay, I've got my current employer who's paying me this much. My business is paying me this much. And it started to tip the scales a little bit more in favor of the business. Yeah. And I finally was like, okay, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time to make the jump. So my wife hesitantly, because she's like, we lose all the benefits, we lose everything else. Yeah. She's like, let's do this. And we've been doing this for now, coming up on five years. It's been absolutely a great ride and we have not gone hungry. We're not living in a cardboard box yet. And it's, that's <laughs> the best thing I could ever ask for. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. On that. Thank Derek. you. That is incredible. I appreciate it. Obviously, we talked about you producing podcasts and mixing podcasts yeah. now, but are you still into the music? Yeah, very much so. So, Mix of Six Studios is really a podcast company, but it's also, I have a kind of a side thing, which is just my name, Derek Campbell, where I, I'm actually a composer for film, for TV, games, and of course, podcasts. I mean, a quick plug, the intro to your podcast is something that I made personally. That's kind of really the heart of what I love doing, which is composing music for companies. But the podcasting as well has become a love of mine because I think podcasts are this untapped territory of marketing and trying to get your name out there, but also of just discussion. It's just fun to hear people discuss just stuff, you know, whatever it is. Dog sitting to germs to religion to business. And it's really cool to see other companies really jumping into it. So I'm privileged and honored to be able to do that for a lot of companies too. That is really neat. Are you doing this full time? Is this all you do for your career? This is all I do. I have a little basement studio set up and rarely I'll go out of the house. And so I'm kind of a hermit crab, but (laughs) it's really become my life and it's become my career, my passion. And not many people get to say their passion is their job. And that's a big thing that's really been part of my life. I've always wanted to not have a boss. I've always wanted to be my own boss because I love doing what I do and I want to do it my own way. And so I really pushed myself to do that. On top of that, I get to spend time with my wife and two kids and it's a blast. And that's a huge deal to me as well. And you have ups and downs. I'm not going to lie. Like For those that are wanting to start a business and wanting to jump away from your current job, it's not easy. But once you have that fuel, that passion, the desire, and you want to make it happen, but also you have the finances to back that, then you can actually make it happen. Derek, how would you weight the financial rewards compared to all the other 
types of rewards that comes from taking that leap and, and starting your own business? Once again, my wife was very hesitant because once again, there's some rewards that were nice about being an employee of a company, such as health benefits. They were phenomenal where I worked and I miss them dearly. The pay was consistent. That's a one big thing that not many people realize when you jump off. You're not going to have as consistent pay as you thought you did. So those two things were really the biggest pros for being in a large corporation or just a company in general. But when I started to finally see the rewards come in of, okay, financially, this is working. Okay, I guess my heart is feeling better about all this. I started to weigh those a lot higher because I started to be like, this is actually what I love doing. Every day when you wake up, you want to be excited to wake up. You want to be pumped to actually go to work. And I'll be honest with you, at that point, I wasn't super excited. I was late a lot. And I do have sleep apnea. There's that. But like, I was late a lot. I was, I was kind of slacking in a lot of ways. I still did my job. I still got the work done. But at the same time, I really wanted something different. And I knew that something different wasn't going to happen there. And so I decided, you know, once, once I started seeing those positives start coming up, like I said, the money started working, my dreams were actually being realized. That's when I was like, okay, this is a really good thing. I need to make it a stronger part of my life. And then I made the jump and the parachute opened up and uh, you, don't, you don't know when, it, when it's going to open up, but man, it opened up and I, and I, uh, I finally was able to kind of land safely and, and make my mark. You mentioned a couple of times along the way, not much sleep. And I think, I all, you know, all of us who have kind of made that jump and have come to realize the investment that a business takes, sometimes it, it can make our priorities hard to keep in order. How have you balanced your priorities as you've been trying to make this business successful? I'm a night owl, very much a night owl. I play a lot of video games. I watch a lot of shows. Like I just, I love spending time with my wife. And so I've always been kind of a lack of sleep kind of person. <laughs> That's not a good thing. I'm sure that means my lifespan is going to be a bit shorter than I want it to be. But when it comes to balancing those kind of things, funny enough, my company name, Mixes Six Studios, there's a reason why I named it that. When I would get home from work, I'd start working about 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd leave work at 5 o'clock. And then I'd get home with my hour commute, get home by 6. And so my wife, you know, I'd call her on my way home and you know, we talk and she's like, what about that new client that you got? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I start mixing at six. So I'll start, you know, oh. getting that going. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> cool. And so that always stuck. We mix at six. <laughs> and that was the joke in our mind. And we ended up calling it the business mix of six studios. I would just get home from work and I would start mixing right when I got home. And that was kind of how that worked out. And yeah, you lose a lot of sleep. Don't get me wrong. But once again, it was satisfying. I don't know if it was satisfying. I, I, I got to be careful with how I say that because it's like <laughs> I'd stay up till two or three in the morning getting my work done, and I'd have to get up a couple hours later to go to my actual job. Right. I remember I, I used to take the train a lot, so I took the train and I'd sleep on the train, and I would sleep during my lunch. But it was a wild time. But but like <laughs> I said, the reward was really worth it because I was able at the end of the day to be able to do this. I feel like a lot of people are like, there's this grandiose plan that's going to be laid out. It's going to work out just fine because all these other people are doing it. You see their Instagram, their Facebook, they're, they're glowing, they're not tired. And then, and you start to actually go for it and you're like, whoa, either their life is perfect or they wear a great deal of makeup because this is like, (laughs) 
this is not easy, you know, but that small moment of working your butt off, it really only took a couple months. And I'm saying that legitly, it only took me a couple months to get from that first phone call from the, the woman that called me with my business card to kind of quit my actual job. Those couple months were crucial in making what this was a reality. And so I had to work my butt off during that time, but that was a small time in the whole scheme of things. So if you're able to pull it off in a small amount of time and you're able to make the jump, your life's going to be blessed. Because now I can... <laughs> sorry, this makes me sound lazier. I can <laughs> sleep in. I can take my time. You know, As long as I hit my deadlines, I can really be my own business. And that's super exciting to me. The pros are going to outweigh the cons every time, except for in tax season, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the freedom, the autonomy, the ability to be just in control of your own day and your own time is really huge. It also sounds like you get a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment out of the creative element of your business, seeing something that you created be put out there and used and people benefited by. And honestly, that's really one of the biggest pluses that I haven't talked about yet is seeing at the end of the day, when my product, whatever it is, be a score on a film or a, a television series or YouTube video, when I hear that music that I created, seeing that out there, like that is one of the most satisfying feelings. Seeing my name on the end of a credits screen, that right there is worth its weight in gold. That is what fuels a lot of my passion. But also hearing you know, the podcast, where I'm very proud of what we've accomplished with you guys, with Mizuma. This podcast has been an absolute blast to work on. It's a cool experience for me every day. You've done an amazing job of illustrating both the, the grit and the, the time and the effort that it takes to get something up and going and the, the sleepless nights and contrasting that with some of the benefits of, of doing your own thing too. So thanks so much for uh, doing that. I think people are really going to appreciate it. So we would like to end with one last question and that we ask everyone, and that is, what is it that keeps you going as a small business owner? The thing that keeps me going more than anything is the reality that I get to live my dream. At the end of the day, I get to say, I'm actually doing what I, what I chose to do, not what I have to do. I grew up with my parents being very nine to five, get great benefits, work at these companies. And I remember when I told them I was moving to Arizona to go to school and they were like, uh, what? Like, you know, this isn't a part of the plan. This isn't a part of what we taught you to do. I love my parents to death, by the way. I, I mean no ill will when I say that, but they were confused at first. They were like, why are you doing this? And I said, because it's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to make this a reality. And so that is the biggest, the biggest reason why I keep going in this. Another reason that should be as equal, if not better, and my wife would kill me if I didn't say this, <laughs> my family. There's a beauty behind having your own business. And especially in my case, it's a very digital business, which means I can be in Guatemala, I can be in Belize, I can be in Japan, I can be in Lebanon, in the Middle East, I can be in Brazil, I could be anywhere in the world and I could still do my job. Post-COVID times, obviously, you know, I guess you can work from home anywhere. I don't know how far you'd get. Right. <laughs> if you worked for a United States company and you lived in Japan, the time difference might be a bit, <laughs> a bit strange, awesome. but I have that ability where I can be anywhere. And that's very exciting to me as well. And I get to do that with my family. You get to experience the world in a different way. Well, that's great. 
again, really love having you on and appreciate the work that you're doing in general, but also doing for us. Uh, we really appreciate it. You do a great job. Yes. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you guys. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. I used to have a podcast. That's a crazy story. Okay. But I used to have a podcast. So I didn't talk about that in here because I didn't want people going to it. Um, <laughs> there was a company I used to work for called Geek Tyrant or Game Tyrant was the sister company. It was all about comics, games, movies. It was kind of like a news show. Me and my co-host, my best friend, actually, would just talk about games and comics and how awesome they were, how stupid they were. And it, was, <laughs> it was great. It was great.